0: It's kind of like that stigma of something's wrong with you because you gotta go get help for your head. Stop thinking something's wrong with you. Stop thinking that people will look at you differently. If you need the help, get the help.
1: I'm Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick, founder of Grapevine Health and your host of the Grapevine Health Podcast, a podcast highlighting stories, health insights, and experiences of community members. We started this podcast because too often discussions and decision-making about health and the healthcare system don't include perspectives from the people we serve. So listeners, if you have a personal story or an experience from working in the community or on the front lines of healthcare, contact us and we might have you on the show. This week I spoke to Derek Langley, a community member, who explains why talking about behavioral health is taboo in his community and how digital interventions can help to support mental health and wellness in the community. Well, I, I just have a few questions here for you. So first, um. Tell me your name and uh, anything you want to tell us about yourself.
0: Um, I'm Derek Langley, uh, 44 years old. Pretty much I I enjoy life, enjoy reading theater, uh, movies, spending time with friends and pretty laid back.
1: And tell me about COVID and how the pandemic has affected you.
0: Um, it, It has been close to home. It has affected people that I've loved. I love family members, friends, and uh, it's really been really interesting because I'm diabetic. And for the, when the pandemic first broke out, I was quarantined in my apartment for uh, like four or five months. And it was really just, it just hit hard.
1: So tell me how it, um, you know, I want to have a conversation about mental health and get some of your perspectives on that. Because we want to educate the community about mental health resources, how has the pandemic affected your mental health?
0: It really, it really hit me hard, especially depression and um, my anxiety, which just went through the roof. It, as you can imagine, being being really unable to go anywhere, it's sometimes it's just you and your thoughts and really, you, you don't even want to turn the TV on because you just hit with all of this COVID, COVID. That's all you kept hearing was COVID, 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 COVID. And um, what was interesting with me, both of my grandmothers got sick, not with COVID, but for different reasons. One- Almost had an emergency surgery, one had a stroke, and I couldn't, you know, go to see them. And I also had a very difficult breakup with my boyfriend, and I had to go through that while dealing with COVID. I was, but the thing that really saved me was the headspace. I did the headspace study, and really, I could talk about those things in doing the weekly, the daily Videos, I could really talk about what was going on and use Headspace to kind of keep me calm. But really, before that, it it was just the days started to blend together. It's kind of like it became one long loop of just the same thing every day.
1: Yeah. Tell people what Headspace is.
0: Headspace is an app that has these wonderful meditation. um, I know meditation... Um, sections. And you can pick the time, you can pick how long, but they have wonderful everything. If you can't sleep, they have things to help you sleep, things to stop your mind racing, things to help you relax, things to get rid of stress. I I recommend it to everybody.
1: So you think Headspace should be introduced more broadly into the community? (laughs) Yes, I do. Do you think people would use it?
0: I do believe people would use it. We live in a technical age. So literally now everybody has a smartphone of some kind you can even get a free Obama smartphone so, so everybody has a smartphone and the <laughs> app is easy to download it's easy to use and you can understand it perfectly
1: well so tell me about the um, your experience trying to seek support you know through DC Did it, you try to, to seek some uh, mental health or behavioral health support well the thing that I had going for me I already had a
0: psychiatrist I already had a therapist before okay. and the, the weird thing is I had just met my therapist literally in January in January I met my new therapist and then we you know I got quarantined and we couldn't go into the office but he my he calls me every Saturday my appointment is every Saturday at noon like clockwork so he was instrumental in helping me really get through some of these difficult times. I had friends call me, People still came by, even though I was quarantined, but, you know, they'd come by and drop off food or books or just to to keep me going.
1: You know, sometimes in the community, talking about mental health related things like depression, sadness, uh, feeling isolated or lonely, Mm -hmm. these are uh, taboo subjects. How do we we get people to accept uh, the need to talk about these things? How do we get more people being open about these things?
0: It's really difficult, I would say, especially because I live in a predominantly poor Black neighborhood, and I'm the president of the Tenant Association there, and it's really weird that they don't, they don't want to talk about their feelings. They don't want to talk about you know, what's really going on. And,
1: and why do you think that is?
0: I, I think that it is a, maybe a stigma that it's seen as being weak, or you're going to see a psychiatrist that you're crazy. It's kind of like that stigma of something's wrong with you because you got to go get help for your head, and it's I, I have a lot of elderly residents that even when I my experiences because a few years ago my therapist was coming to my apartment and that I they were like well who is that instead of my therapist oh you touched oh I'm so sorry you're touched in the head and I was like no there's nothing like. But it's like, like I think it's being passed. It's still being passed down from generation to generation, and you know I've been advocating. It's not a bad thing to go and talk to somebody. It's not Mm -hmm. a bad thing to go and tell somebody what's really going on with you. And all I can get is nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong with me.
1: So how do we break the cycle?
0: I think there needs to be a lot more of letting people know it is okay. It is okay. I will say this. A few years ago, we did have a counselor come f- to the property for a year,
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: was all anonymous. You didn't have to. If you wanted to come see her, you would, we gave the number out. You could call her, and we ended up keeping her for a year and a half.
1: So people literally. liked it. They used they the used yeah, Yes. So what happened we had, to that resource?
0: So we are trying to set that up again. But of course, the COVID broke out, and You know, now it's, you know, it's what do we do now? Because a lot of people need that outlet because I'm noticing what happens is everyone was cooped up in the house. And then as soon as the restrictions lifted up, everybody came outside and now everything is spiking again. But also there are a lot of fights. There are a lot of people arguing with people now because they need somewhere to direct that anger and those feelings and they're doing it Mm -hmm. the wrong way.
1: So if you, could des- if you could design the the mental health services for the community, what would you do?
0: I, at this point, I would have it an open door, you know, anonymous, you know, call, come in. And unfortunately, we had it in a community room that was next to a rental office. And I think that's why it worked, because it, it, it looked like people were going into the rental office, and then they could come into that side door and go into the community room so if it was set up something like that i think more people because it the thing i the takeaway i got from it was nobody wants anyone to know they're going to see a counselor or therapist or something like that and i keep telling people you know you can call you can do this stuff over the phone you can have sessions over the phone and i don't know if that is sticking or not but you know let them know it's okay it's a safe place your, your information is not going to get spread all over the place. You know, people are not going to point the finger at you. If you need to talk to someone, this is a safe place for you to come and talk to someone.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that is a big concern, uh, seeking help within your community and whether or not you can maintain your anonymity. Mm-hmm. Uh, as patients have said to me, I don't want people telling my business or I don't want yeah. people knowing my business. Right. Do you think we could? Create a situation in which people would feel comfortable. I think uh, yes. In knowing that their information would be held confidentially.
0: Yes, I, I do believe. Like I said, when we had the counselor, she stayed for an extra six months because people were coming in and setting up appointments with her.
1: Have you noticed any changes in substance abuse during the uh, or yes. substance use during yeah. the pandemic? Tell me about yeah. that.
0: Um, when everyone was quarantined. And literally a week after, the mayor lifted and said, oh, we're going into phase two, drinking, smoking, (laughs) till three or four o'clock in the morning on all of the properties in the parking lots. They actually brought out strobe lights and speakers and turned the parking lot into a club.
1: So it was a big party.
0: (laughs) It was a big party. And this was happening every weekend. And I think it's still going
1: on. I think one of our challenges is knowing where to put the information so that Number one, people can access it, and number two, that they feel comfortable responding to it.
0: Yes, I think that that's yes, that's it. You hit the nail. Well, on how it. how
1: yeah. how do we how do we achieve that? Who who needs to who needs to offer it to people?
0: I do know that our resident coordinator Lopa, she is this wonderful Indian woman. She we call her Saint Lopa. Uh, the residents really listen to Lopa. They listen to me. There's another person, Cassandra Matthews, they listen to. But the one and this is where it's going to be difficult. The pre people they seem to listen to are the older residents. The older re- they, they look at them as like the mother and father figures. But their stigma of they're still in the because they grew up in a different era that, you know, something's wrong with you or you're crazy if you go see a therapist or psychiatrist. So we're trying to figure out how to break that and get them to work with us to you know, help these, these people get help because also we have seen a rise in domestic violence on the property. Mm. And a lot of it is these people, I had one woman come to us and say, I don't, I didn't know where to get help. I don't know where to go to get help. And, you know, we, we tried to steer her, you know, to get help. But at the same time, the shelters are shut down. The these things are all shut down because of COVID. And unfortunately in D.C. because of the spikes going back up, I do believe they're going to start shutting stuff down again. Because so did of,
1: you know where to send her, the woman who needed help with domestic violence issues?
0: Well, we have we have several domestic, we have like five or six in place. So the first thing we did is we changed her locks because we found that the boyfriend had the, the keys so we changed her locks. We actually put her in a hotel for a week. We you did this
1: through your your community or who? Yeah,
0: did, who? through the management office, through tenant associations, and through the resident coordinator. We all. Oh wow! And you it. have the yeah.
1: financial resources to do yes, that. Yes, we
0: do. Property. Yes, yes, we do. So we put wow, her in a hotel wonderful. for a week and changed her locks. Um, and I do believe she's moving to another unit. I think.
1: Wow. So there's a lot of social work in your job, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Oh, I appreciate all the all the work you're doing. Um, But before we go, though, if if people are listening to this and they're afraid or they feel ashamed to come forward to seek help for mental health or addiction services, what's your recommendation? What are some things they can do?
0: Stop being afraid stop thinking something's wrong with you. Stop thinking that people will look at you differently. If you need the help, get the help.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't
0: don't sit because I have found that when you sit and let it fester, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Or in some cases it's too late. You know, I've had you know before I left for the holidays, there's a woman now walking around with a back and neck brace because of her boyfriend. Don't let it get to that point. If you feel trapped if you feel smothered because you're stuck in the house all day seek help there are hot we've, we've given out pages of numbers and hotlines that you can call we've given them out agencies to get the psychiatrist and the therapist don't sit and wait till it's too late
1: what should people do if they don't have a Derek in their lives you know where all these resources are you you're prepared to help people hmm What should people do when they don't have someone like you?
0: Pick up the phone, dial three one one, dial internet services, look it up, look Mm -hmm. it up, and you will find pages and pages of places of where to get help.
1: I think that's good advice. I think we also, listening to you, I realize we have to do a better job making it easier for people to access services and helping them know exactly where to go to get what they need, so... Exactly. So thank you for thank you for all your work in the thank community you. and for talking about this, this very important issue. That was Derek Langley offering insights about mental health challenges in his community and how we can better support those in need of mental health resources during and beyond the pandemic. Thanks for listening to the Grapevine Health Podcast. Our producer is Nicholas Elias. Please like us on social media. You can find us at Grapevine Health on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and on Twitter at Health Grapevine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Lisa, signing off.